It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from, so you don't miss a single episode. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest weekly podcast. And um, joining us um, this week are myself, John Cross from the Mirror, and um, Jeremy Cross from the Daily Star, and Andy Dunn, my colleague from the Daily Mirror, and Matt Dunn, football aficionado from the Daily Express. Um, Guys, we're going to look back, really, obviously, at Champions League reaction last night from Man City. Um, what an incredible performance sets up Man City, doesn't it, for the treble. And um, and then um, uh, Liverpool and the race for top four. Leicester on the brink. Surely they can't go down two years after winning the FA Cup. What, seven years after winning the, 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 um, the title in the great story? Ever, but it looks that way, doesn't it? But listen, guys, let's start, shall we, like, uh, from last night um, and, and and Manchester City. Jeremy, Andy, and myself were all there. Look, um, you know, Jeremy, what did you what did you make of it? I mean, listen, I, I actually thought the first like, forty five minutes were the were, were some of the best football that I've I've seen under Guardiola. Absolutely astonishing. I thought it was the greatest before, especially the first half. There was a bit of a lull midway through the second half, but the first half was blistering. It really was. And I thought it was the greatest performance of the Guardiola era, just because of the magnitude of the game, who the opponents were, what was at stake. There was the pressure on City and expectation from the home supporters. You know, they're just absolutely blitzed, Real Madrid, you know, who are a world-class team, as we know, the holders of the competi- winners of the competition last year. You know, their pedigree is unrivaled. No one else comes close to what they've achieved in Europe. They're the masters of winning that competition, so... They were just superb, and you know they blew them away. There was an incident. There was a little passage of play before half time, where they were actually queuing up to score. City players. There was three or four players on the edge of the box. They were just taking pot shots at goal. It was just. It reminded me of watching like an FA Cup game, say between City and a League Two team. That was the vast difference between the two sides. And this is a team, you know, that's got Tony Cruz, Ruka Modric, Benzema, legends of the game in it. They just looked shell-shocked. You know, Modric just hauled off, wasn't he, midway through the second half. And it was, um, you know, then just looked stunned. And it was sensational, you know. And you've got to remember, they've won 5-1 in aggregate over two legs. Highland's not even scored. You know, which is alarming for everyone else, really, when you think about, you know, it just shows that they don't, while these goals this season have made such a massive difference to the team, they don't need his goals all the time. So... You know, that's quite frightening to think about, 
you know, moving forward for next season. They've got such great players. They're such a well-drilled team. You know, at the end there, in stoppage time, they were hounding Madrid to get the ball back. The game was over. They were falling up. They were through. And they were just, they're just a ruthless, ruthless team. So well coached. You know, look, the debate about how they're the greatest team we've ever seen on these shows will, is an eternal one, you know. And it's all about opinion, but they're right up there with the true Gregs. And you're watching Greg, that's basically. You you really are, aren't you? I mean, I, I just thought, Andy, I don't know what you thought, but that, that's, I, I was just blown away by the first 45 minutes. You know, for Real Madrid of all teams, just not to be able to get near it, I thought was was astonishing. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we have to bring, um, you know, um, less than, you know, 12 hours later, whatever. we do have to bring, it'd only be right if we brought, I wouldn't be being miserable if we didn't bring certain caveats to it. And, you know, and, and the caveats are, you know, you talk about Real Madrid. It, it is real. It, it's not a great Real Madrid side by any stretch of the imagination. The history of the Champions League is great. It's not a great Real Madrid side in the sense that the midfield is clearly very aging, as we were exposed last night. It's not a great Real Madrid side in the sense that it finished 14 points behind the La Liga winners Barcelona, who were knocked out of the Europa League by Manchester United. It's not a great Real Madrid side in the sense that they've lost seven La Liga games this season. It's not a great Real Madrid side that it concedes goals regularly in the Liga and the manager will probably get the sack. So, you know, you do have to put those... When we get away from how dominant City were, Real Madrid, this current Real Madrid team is not a great team. What their history is as a club and their record in the Champions League is obviously, I mean, history is history. But as Henry Ford said, history is bunk. You know, it's the here and now that matters. And the here and now is that Real Madrid were there for the taking and City took them. Just in a way, to be fair, I actually, the performance in the first um, half of the first leg last year against Real Madrid was equally impressive. And, and City went on to, to lose that game. But, oh yeah, so, so just... A little bit of context, I think, in, in terms of before everyone gets completely and utterly carried away by it. A bit of context in the sense that Real Madrid are, are, are clearly beaten this season, as seven other teams in the Liga have, have proved. Um, but yeah, what you can only do, considering the pressure that was on City from what's happened previously, considering the weight of expectation, considering they're going for the treble, they were hugely impressive. I mean, hugely, hugely impressive. Uh, and basically just c- continued what, what they've been doing to other teams, what they've done to Bayern Munich at home, what they've done to Liverpool, what they did to Arsenal at the Etihad. And that's basically just overrun teams. You know, be fair to every ball. Be fair to every ball. That, that, you know, if, if they did, on the rare occasions they lost it, it was retrieved by one, two, three men within, within you know, within, within blinks of an eye. Um, and, and literally they did not, Real Madrid did not know what, what had hit them. I mean, they should have known what was coming. Obviously, you know, they're very, very familiar with City with the way Pep plays. But the movement from the players was just sensational. And, you know, we, we always say this, and, and yeah, so many players are getting, have got so much better under Pep Guardiola. It was hard to pick out anyone last night who didn't have a great game and hard to pick out anyone who's not improved under Guardiola. You know, I just, just someone like, you know, Manuel Akanji. You know, when he first came, I thought, he looked ponderous to me. I didn't quite sure what it, he didn't look particularly strong. And now he's, you know, he's going around like a world class, absolutely true world class defender. When he arrived, he was a right back. He played right back. He's now he's now a top class left back. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it's 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 fantastic. But I just do think, just you know, in the cold light today, 
you know, now that now now the the intoxication, now the hangover setting in of after the intoxication of football, it was a, gr- a great performance. No getting away from it. But I'm reading like one of the greatest ever by English teams in Europe. Well, no, not really. I mean, I mean, you, you I mean, you know, no, it was it was a semi final game against a Real Madrid team very much on the decline. Soon to lose the manager, soon to lose their two. Um, best midfielders. So, no, not the greatest performance ever. We all sit there. We all know it's easy to get, you know, and, and, and that's what you should do. That's what people do. They get they, they get intoxicated by the atmosphere, by the giddy heights of, of the night, by by Pep, by, by the flags, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it, if you actually look at it, how come Real Madrid have lost seven games in the league? And when, when, how can we say, routinely, by the way, routinely, the media here, us, we will denigrate the league for having no strength in depth. Yeah, we will always do that. So how come Real Madrid is supposed to be a quote great side that City have beaten? How come they have lost seven games in the league? I wish I had to hand the games they lost me, but I haven't. But how come they've done that? They're not a great side. It was it was a freak that City got beat against them last season, wasn't it? I mean, come on, let, 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 let's be honest here. I mean, City are winning that tie. 19 times out of 20 last season. We all know that. The combined age of midfielders is about 280. Much of the combined age of this podcast. Probably. That <laughs> <laughs> was a great team once. <laughs> yeah, blooming cheap. Blooming cheap. Matt, what did you, what did you, well, a Man City, first and foremost, a Man City going to win the treble then? Oh, I, I imagine so, yeah, definitely. I mean, now they, they're going to win the title with games to spare, rest players, and if they put in performances like that, then no one in Europe can touch them. So, yeah, I do think this is the, the year that they do get it right by Pep coming up with some wild scheme to hijack his own ambitions in the final, then, then they're actually sure it. Um, but I want to sound an even bigger caveat than Andy, sitting in the comfort of my own armchair without all the fans going around, looking at it, trying to look at it objectively last night. And it was a fantastic display. But we've got, and then you go to social media and immediately, there's the questions about FFP again, as there is after every exemplary Man City performance. And it, my, my, my beef isn't with Manchester City on this. It's now with UEFA. I think it's UEFA is destroying football by not bringing this whole subject to a head. Years this has been rumbling on. I want to sit back and enjoy that performance knowing that it was a legitimate one. It's one that's been signed off. It's one that's fair by the rules of football and not have this debate and this potential asterisk hanging over everything. If if that's what if that's a fair performance, then I will applaud that and get on with it. But what, what really annoys me now is the debate that then you know, goes on social media into the early hours of the morning about whether or not, yeah, this is completely artificial, completely unfair. And you wait for that they've been on this long enough. They need to sort this out because if this is the way of football is, then great, let's applaud that. But 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 if there's something wrong yeah, then it's just spoiling the entire competition for everybody else. We need to know which it is because it's, it's just gone on long enough. A decision has to be reached that could have some sort of meaning because every time City do something like this, you, know, you have the R uh, butts and whatever. And it was just a shame as a football fan not to be able to enjoy that football, that demonstration uh, for, for what it was, which was a fantastic 90 minutes of football. But isn't isn't that the point, Donny? That, 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 that to an extent, and one obviously is the Premier League that need to sort the um, the, the FFP th- uh, situation out. But isn't it isn't that the case that the fact that City was so good 
and so brilliant and so great to watch that actually they have actually blown these in a way. There's only there's only a, a really small minority of people whose response to that last night was, well, what about the 113 charges? I, I mean, I mean, literally, I, I don't know anyone, not one of my mates on any of my chats, and one of my mates in the pub said, ah, ah, well, ah, well, but how about if four years ago they they didn't meet FFP rules? They just say, oh, have you seen this? This is sensational. I don't know. You know if, if you're doing it legitimately, it, you, you applaud it forever. But if not, then I think it's just like, you know, if they're bending the rules and if they are guilty of breaches that other clubs cannot follow they're because they're, they're playing by the rules, then then that, that's sort of one-sided. By the way, Real Madrid, I'm sure, have bent the rules in the, you know, uh, have skirted close to the rules, shall we say, with the amount of money they seem to spend. Um, uh, and uh, there's always question marks over the teams that are dominating. But this has been going on so long that it needs to be uh, a line draw. Either. either City are a legitimate football team and arguably now contenders to be considered consider the debate the greatest club team ever if they win the treble this year, or they're not. But we need to know which it is because, you know, you can applaud that as a one-off. I remember watching the cup final against Watford when it was just such a one-sided affair. They well, well, actually, is it fair? I remember watching Keith Young in promoted via the playoff but when they just rolled, rolled roughshod over the FFP rules and uh, they were trying to get, you know, through Wembley and it just wasn't fair because you know, they're playing teams that, that don't have their financial resources because they follow the rules. And if that's the case, then we, we need to know for certain whether we can start comparing this city side to, to, to some of the greats because they've been put there legitimately. Otherwise, we're talking, you know, this is our officialists, Harlem Globetrotters and whatever, and they hardly ever lose. You know, it, it's, 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 it's a demonstration sport if they're not playing by the same rules as everyone else. And we need to know which they are. I'm not saying they're not, but we need to know which it is. Are they, just very quickly, but these are historical um, Premier League FFP um, ratings of historical breaches. There's no suggestion they're not under an investigation from anyone, Premier League UEFA, for current, for this current. This, this, is, this team hasn't been put together overnight, has it? It's a culture, uh, a building of a squad that's now reaching its climax. So, I mean, this is the mess by the UEFA letting these things go on so long. Ongoing, but but then there were, have been question marks about how that UEFA uh, those charges got sorted as well. Subsequent to that, which again you're then raking over different coals. Um, but the whole thing is, but that's why we need some sort of clarification on uh, on where they are and a, a ruling because he's been murky for too long. That's all I'm asking for, so that you can watch that sort of performance and say, and then we can start the a legitimate debate about, you know, is this better than the 99 United team? Is this better than whichever other team you want to put up against it? Because I, I that's all I was reading on my social media was the ifs of us. I agree, it's a, it's a smaller minority every time, but it, but it needs to be put to bed down. That was all, that was the only sort of, from, from, from a step away from the stadium where I, I agree that the enthusiasm or whatever catches you in the moment, but this is what, what was also going on outside and it needs to stop. Matt's right in the sense that, that there is a, there is an asterisk against this success because we need to know once we need to draw a line in it, find out. Yeah, it absolutely done wrong. If they have, and you know their success, whatever they achieve this season, we'll, we'll have a question mark against it. If they haven't, then we we'll celebrate them as you know one of the true great teams we'll ever see. Yeah, it will be it will be interesting to see how it plays out. The three steps away from from the three victories away from from glory and the treble, aren't they? 
And, you know, I do actually think that Andy's right. I don't know, the, the average fan in the pub thinks, you know, basically, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a real, you know, when fundamentally it comes down to it, I and mean, we've got this ongoing thing with Man United's takeover, haven't we, really? I mean, we, we were all talking about kind of, you know, sports washing and basically, you know, the rights and wrongs of, you know, potential state ownership. And I think if you ask the average Man United fan, who would you prefer at this at this stage? You know, Jim Ratcliffe jumping into bed with the Glazers or Shake Yassim. And then basically, well, it, it is a pretty straightforward answer for most Man United fans, isn't it? So, you know, fundamentally, let, let, let's see, you know, let's see where it goes. And that's, that, that's the issue. Of course, of course, you know, we're, we're going to hear the, um, we're going to hear the charges sort of that the Premier League are investigating, but, um, but you know, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a complex, you know, situation. But I also think then that the teams that, you know, could potentially then be reinstated, there's, there's, there's suddenly being, you know, being given trophies or, or, or whatever, you know, actually mean anything to them. I don't think you're done, you know, so, you know, you, you, you know, you're right. The sooner the better this all gets resolved one way or another. It, you know, it, it, it's, it's clear, isn't it? But there you go. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From a football sense, it was it was it was it was sensational, and it's only added to the to the drama of it. Surely now they're going to wrap up the title this weekend. You would have thought. But I tell you what, the Champions League, the, the race for the top four places, it, it, you know, potentially could go much further, guys. Couldn't it really? What, who did, I mean, have Liverpool got a gen? Well, we know perhaps more after Newcastle face Brighton tonight. But have Liverpool really got that that chance? I mean, they seem to me to be sort of have got the bit between their teeth and are really closing in on the rest. But Jeremy, do you think they can do it? Yeah, of course they can. Look, they're on a roll. They've won seven on the spin. That's a great, you know, it's a great achievement at this stage of the season. All the players are tired and you've got injuries and stuff like that. Fair credit to Liverpool. Because at one point, they looked absolutely nowhere near it. They were nearly 20 points off the top four. Um, so they've dug deep. They've got all the momentum, you know. Okay. They've played a game more than Newcastle and Man United, so they still have it in their own hands. Um, you know, I was at um, I was at Leeds Newcastle last weekend, and Newcastle were well below par. I have to say, they could have. I mean, Bamford missed a penalty to make it two 0 Leeds, they probably would have 
won the game later, that got it. We're lucky to um, get get away with a point there. And, you know, Manchester United, they have only won two of the last seven games in all competition. They're not, they're, they're stuttering along, they're stuttering over towards the finishing line. They've also got the FA Cup final to, as a distraction, which we all know what's the stake in that game. So, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool didn't catch one of those two. I mean, obviously you've mentioned Newcastle at face Bryant tonight. Bryant absolutely destroyed Arsenal last weekend. Sorry to remind you, Crescent. You know, that'll be a tough, tough game for Newcastle tonight. So, it's a flip of a coin to me. I mean, what, Liverpool got Villa and Southampton left to play. So, you know, I know Villa having a good finish to the season, but you fully expect Liverpool to get six points from those two games. And then puts the ball in United Newcastle's court. So, you know, I'm not sure whether it's a good thing to be chasing or a better thing to be, you know, have the slight advantage. So, listen, the title race is done. So it makes for a fascinating subplot, doesn't it, to end the season? Yeah, yeah, it, it really does, actually. Andy, Andy who do you fancy? Because I've got to say Man United do look off the ball. Yes, they beat Wolves, but, you know, Bournemouth away. Now, look, they should be winning that game, but it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable at the moment, isn't it? Well, well I mean, what's predictable is that Bournemouth will, I think, Bournemouth will uh, lose to Manchester United and then... And I suspect we'll also be, you know, it's funny how these teams like Wolves and Bournemouth at both ends of the table will play a um, a part. Um, and of the two of the teams that you saw last weekend, you know, they were the two who probably looked the most as though they're 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 really um, to use the age old cliche on on the beach. I mean, I was at Manu Wolves, and you know, they, I mean, Wolves were just they looked half interested to be perfectly honest with you. An interested team would. Would have probably run United um, close, and then it was quite close in the end. It was one 0 until Ganacho scored. So, um, and Bournemouth, you know, similar. I mean, it, it's been a Herculean effort from them to actually get to safety. I would love it to be, you know, to go down to the last games. Um, as I say, a lot will depend on what happens at St James Park tonight. Um, tough one to call. If Brighton are on it, they'll cause problems. But I just think maybe Newcastle will. Um, have one last push with a re-energized crowd. Um, yeah, and I think they'll probably stay as they are. I mean, and, and Jeremy's right. You you can't you, you'd anticipate Liverpool certainly to win their last game against Southampton. Villa might give them a game at Anfield. Well, Villa, I mean, actually, will give them a game at Anfield. That's that, that, that's a bit disrespectful to say they might. They will. But yeah, I just think it, it's hard to see where actually I I can't see where any of the three are slipping up really. Um, so I think it probably will stay um, as as it is. So I. I would anticipate Newcastle Man U to still be in those third and four slots. Well, yeah. Matt, what do you think? What worries me for, for United is that with the goal difference Liverpool have got, United have got to win two of those last three games. A win and two draws isn't going to be enough for them. Um, and that's anything. I know accidents don't often happen, but they can only afford one. And with that running, they're all games that probably they should win United. But you know, they've got to win two and three. They have only just won two in seven, as Jeremy said. You know, they're not on good form at the moment. And if they slip up on one of the early ones, um, you know, if they somehow slip up against Bournemouth, they've got to win their last two games. Uh, and the gist isn't going to be there. It's Old Trafford. It should be safe, whatever. But uh, And by the same token, Newcastle, if they lose one of those games, suddenly they're in jeopardy. Um, you know, one-on-one, you'd say perhaps they'd get there, but... But between them, I think there's a slip up in there somewhere, uh, and that could be enough for Liverpool to nick it. 
I, I do worry a bit about Newcastle simply because Newcastle got Brighton and Brighton are fabulous at the moment, aren't they? Really? Well, you know, they were brilliant on Sunday and they've got, they've got, in, they've got in the, yeah, Everton apart. They've got that, that, that sort of performance again in their life and they seem on one. And then Leicester, I mean, in all honesty, Leicester could be down, couldn't they, by, by, by the time they play, but, but they might still, and and frankly, I think it's likely that there's you know it's do or die for them on Monday night. Well, that's a difficult game, whether we like it or not. How bad, however bad a team is, you know, the whole season, they know it all comes down to that one game. Well, you know, it's hard. So you know, so I do think it's quite exciting, really. But have you seen enough guys from from Liverpool to to make you think in this incredible run that that, that actually they're going to be back next season? I mean, they're, they're, look, they're, their issue is their midfield is quite aging, isn't it? So they pulled out of the race of Bellingham, been linked with Calvin Phillips, and just remind me who they got linked with again this week, another midfielder. It's McAllister. He's the level of player they do need to even consider going toe-to-toe with City. I mean, look, from what we've seen at City this season, you just cannot see anyone coming close to challenging them next season, can you? It'll probably make some more sidings in the summer of City. Well, Gundogan are probably going to leave, go to Barcelona. There's some question marks over Bernardo Silva staying at the club. So those two will need replacing, and they're absolutely disgusted. They have the finance to buy him. They won't, you know, tank. So, yeah, look, I, I think if you're a Liverpool supporter, you, then you're thinking, you'll be thinking about next season, thinking, I'd take a top four place next season. They won't be challenging for the title. I think City will run away with it. Let's go. See anyone bridging that gap? They're in a different league to everyone else, including Liverpool. Yeah, this is, it will depend on signings, but I do think that the encouragement for them, beside the fact that they've been on this, um, what is a seven game um, winning run, um, is, is that a couple of players who maybe struggled to settle early on seem to be settling, you know, Gakpo in particular. Has seems to have settled in and, and forming some sort of relationship with with, with Salah. I, I think Nunes is the one player that they need. I think they thought that he would have progressed quicker than he has, and like I said, they did. You know, I I, I thought I think he's. I, I probably st- I still think, but not as strongly as I thought that he's going to be a real force, a Premier League force. And I don't think he's adapted as quickly as Liverpool expected to or Klopp expected to. But if he does. If he does, and I think that's, that, that that it's quite it, it's getting slightly bigger. If they've still got you know um, attacking combinations that that are as good as any in the terms of Gakpo, um, Salah, um, Luis Diaz, uh, Nunes, and obviously Diogo Jota can chip in as well. So they still have that format where they they can get three from five, which they had obviously in the in the in the not too old days with um with Salah Firmino obviously was leaving. It's a bit of an upheaval, you know, they're losing some players are walking away for me, you know, Oxlade Chamberlain, James Milner. But I think the other encouraging thing for Liverpool is that Curtis Jones has come through and got over a, a, a sticky patch and seems to be flourishing. Obviously, he's got a new position for Trent, which only makes you wonder why he didn't try this position sort of um, a long time ago. And um, Harvey Elliott's coming on. But I agree with Jeremy. The problem you've got is this caveat is City is so good. But I think Liverpool will... Will certainly make a better fist of a title challenge next season than than they have done this season.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No, it'll be, it'll be really interesting, I have to say. And just as interesting is, is the battle for survival at the, other, at the other end, frankly. And now, you know, I mean, I don't know what, what, what people think, but surely Leicester and Leeds look the most vulnerable, quickly followed by Everton. And then, you know, a forest safe. I mean, it's just, Matt, what do you think? Is it, you know, a Leicester, uh, a Leicester's, you know, a Leicester the big fear immediately? I think Leicester, Leicester are the ones with the targets on their heads, definitely. They're, um, yeah, Newcastle and even West Ham, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to struggle to make, I think 35 points. I think Forest just need a point. No, that, see them safe so I think 35 points might be enough to stay out this season and uh, the chance of Leicester picking up well they'd, they'd get past that point they'd have to get six or win both games I just think that's that's too far for them and similarly for Leeds yeah Everton need one win to get there uh, Leeds will need the win and another point I mean I think Spurs the way they're playing at the moment at White Hart Lane in the last game of the season shooting three points to Leeds but um but uh, they're in such a disarray of that uh, a white hard lane at the moment. No, I mean, in all seriousness, they, they could nick three points on the final day of the season. But Big Sam's gone in and said that the big game, the easy game with the last four is the one at London Stadium where he's never won. West Ham fans don't, you know, have a lot to say about him anyway. Uh, I think West Ham will be uncharacteristically up for that game. Um, and I think he's made a bit of a rod for his own back on that one. So he's got to come away from that with something, I think, to, to stand a chance of, of, of overtaking the Cubs of, of, of it. If, if West Ham win tonight, get to the final, do you think there's a chance Moyes might rest some players for that Leeds game? There's a chance, but even the ones that aren't rested will be up for it. And the, I think the fans will be up for it on the back of if they get, especially if they get to that final. Um, I just think that, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, it could be a slightly weakened team, and West Ham don't have a great deal of strength in depth, which could work for Leeds. But in terms of a battle, they'll have to win that battle first. So it's not beyond them, but they've got to get something from that game. If they don't, if they lose that game, I think that's it. They're not going to be able to make up enough, even against Spurs with all their twisters and whatever and and glitches. That I think three point, yeah, thirty-four points isn't going to be enough this season. So, uh, so I think. They're pretty much done for. It's in, it's interesting, isn't it? How how um I just think that if you look at how Leeds played against him, mean, obviously were you there, Jeremy? Leeds Newcastle, and and I th- I thought they showed 
even in that last 10 minutes against City, you know, and listen, they were absolutely mullered by City, but got a way back into it. But then, and then from what I saw, and I watched it in, in, in the press room at Old Trafford before the Man U game, and I thought, watch on TV, I saw enough of Leeds to think that, in theory, I thought, I saw enough of them to think they, it wouldn't surprise me if they go to West Ham and get results and get a result against Spurs at home in the last game of the season as well. That wouldn't surprise me. I think Leicester got a goners. Um, yeah, everything about the body language suggests to me that they're almost resigned to their fate. So, in theory, I, I actually think the Forest will get something against Arsenal on, on Saturday. So, um, I'm thinking they're probably going to be safe. It's some Leeds Everton head to head. And my, maybe it's sort of slightly wishful thinking, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds get results against both West Ham and Wund and Spurs. Well, I think, I think Everton will do what they need to do against Wolves and Bournemouth. Really do. We could even have another scenario, and we've had a couple of them. Um, you know, that's all Gunnison Park's around for now to stage these dramatic escapes and, you know, sort of uh, going way back, way back. That'll take me back to these, the Wimbledon day. We better not go, we better not go into the, um, the to the various theories that surrounded them that game. Um, uh, yes. Um, but anyway, that was one of the greatest games. And obviously, we had last year. Um, when Everton's game with when Frank was in charge, um, it was Palace. But it felt like this game because Palace went, um, Palace took the lead in that game. Uh, again, did they go two up? I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, they took the lead, and, and that was that was dramatic. But it would feel like I just think that again, you can you can never script it though, can you? you it, it looks on paper from what Everton did against Brighton, and then obviously they were again like everyone. In the last three months, they were absolutely brushed aside by Manchester City. But they did have moments in that first half, first stage five minutes, where they looked a little bit dangerous on the break. He took Calvert-Lewin off at half-time with a, a, an issue with his groin. But, you know, you did suspect then it was too little down. He's thinking, well, hang on, you know, we're not winning this game. I'm not sending Calvert-Lewin out um, for the second half when we're obviously going to get beaten and risk his injury. So, so, and I just think they'll get enough out of it. But... We've all been, we've all done it long enough to know that there'll be one of those games where we say, actually, a team that's got nothing to play for will pull out the results that you didn't see coming. It, it, it happens, doesn't it? And, and also, it is a bit disrespectful of us to it to, to suggest that, like you know, the teams are on the beach, don't care, because in the end, they are, you know, they are professional footballers who, who and they are playing for the shirts. As, as cliche as it is, they're playing for the crowd, they're playing for themselves. So, you know, there's a little bit of them. Is not as motivated, but well, look, you know, I do think it's quite interesting that basically Bournemouth, you know, are unpredictable. I know, I know, you say it's very predictable the Man United will win, but if fundamentally disagree, really, because if if Bournemouth are very unpredictable, but if they're in the mood, then they can do something. Wolves at home are a totally different proposition from Wolves away, and then you know this all feeds into the mix. You know, will Leicester have something to fight for, and then they're up against Newcastle. There's so many permutations, aren't there? And so many, you know, so many things riding on, uh, you know, riding on things for different teams. It is, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch. Come on, who's going to go down, Jeremy? I mean, uh, I just think Leeds, I would like Leeds to stay up. You know, I think they bring a lot to the Premier League. I just think they've left themselves too much to do. And I think sacking your manager... Bringing in anyone in with four games to go is crazy. I really do. I mean, I'm nothing against Allardyce, but I just think it's too big a task for you and him. His record, he, 
I mean, that Dunny mentioned earlier, they've had a lift under Sam, you know, and seen a little lift in them, but they it's just don't score enough goals, Leeds. I just can't see how they can score. Bamford looks shot to pieces with his confidence. You know, there was a story emerging last week and where he's, he's been getting pelters on Twitter from Leeds fans, you know, and some one guy one guy put a compilation of his misses this season on the, on his Twitter feed. So Bamford just suspended his Twitter account. He's clearly, I was surprised when he got asked to take that penalty after that's what you could do because some other players probably more suited taking it and he obviously missed and it, that could be the Mr. Johnson against Leicester a few weeks ago. So, you know, they don't have a source of goals, which is the main worry. Um, they're fairly stronger at the back. He's made them more guys at the back, but they're two tough games to finish with West Ham and Tottenham, you know. So I think it'd be Leicester. I think Leicester have gone, to be honest. You know, Leeds, sadly. Yes, I, 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 nothing much to add. I think for the reasons I outlined that I think Everton will get what they need against Wolves and Bournemouth. I actually, I know, I know, odd as it, is, as it sounds, um, you know, I think they'll win both games, which is, I guess you haven't got much evidence of Everton going on a two-game winning run to back that case up. But I think they will. And, and that's why I think that regardless of what the others do, it will be Southampton. Obviously, we know it's Southampton. Um, less than Leeds. No, I'm going to go slightly differently. I'm with you on Leicester all the way. But, and I'm really sorry to say this, but, but I think it's going to be Nottingham Forest. I don't think they'll, I think they'll lose the last two games. And uh, I see Leeds getting a three points somewhere uh, and, and agonisingly putting Forest down on goal difference. I think it's going to be that tight. And as much as, you know, someone of our age who knows Forest as the club that they were, and how great it is to have them in the Premier League. I don't think they're going to quite make it. So, uh, yeah, great sadness. And plus, as well, I can't back against Big Sam, can I? No, 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 no. I do I do actually think, I've, uh, you know, Jeremy's right. I think Leeds bring so much to the park. But the noise could feel it reverberating through the television when it went 1-0. And so I do, I do feel as if, I do feel as if, blimey, let's, you know, I don't know. It's nice to bring things to the party, and I think Leeds do that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ivan Tony, we must we must touch on Ivan Tony. His eight month ban, you know, did the story yesterday, and I have to say, when when that dropped, you know, when the FA announcement dropped, I'm thinking eight months, wow. But actually, you know, because I was expecting six, if I'm brutally honest, and um, it was more than I thought. And when the reality kicks in, then basically it seems quite, you know, a tough one. Matt, what did you what did you make of it, and where does it leave Ivan Tony? But also, where you know, what about football's difficult relationship with with gambling? Because I mean, they're all wearing you know, sponsored you know, betting and bookmakers adverts across their shirts. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's going to change, isn't it? So at least football's finally seeing sense and moving in the right direction. Um, mainly, yeah, 
not because yeah, because not because of the money. And the, the problem you've got is it's basically insider knowledge, isn't it? So, uh, and that's what the game's got to try and keep itself as clean as possible. Uh, and that's why these these punishments are so draconian. Um, Kieran Trippier told his mate, "You understand how it happens." Yeah, Kieran Trippier tells his mates to lump on him drawing Atletico Madrid, uh, and you know he suspends a, an important period of the game out of his career out of the game. Uh, and but it has to be that way because footballers have to get the message that you know Betty's not for them or their friends because there, there has to be that integrity. Um, uh, and I think it's yeah eight months. I, it didn't surprise me with some of the other ones. You know, Joey Barton. You know, was perhaps a bit luckier in the end because he got his his reduced, but his was initially an eighteen month ban as well, wasn't it? So yeah, these these sentences are handed out. You know, quite you know quite rightly to, to deter it. And then he is in Sarah Andros Townsend, you know, not Friday's in other England international. Quite rightly. Um they're uh yeah they're not frightened of who they take on. The message has to be clear. What I would like them to do now is try and do the same with racism but, and other things that, that they have had these FA hearings to ca- cancel out because there are other ills in the game that they need to to take us a, a richer grip on. Uh, and and that's part of the problem is with these betting things is they look uh, out of kilter with some of the other punishments that are handed out, but equally, uh, you know, wrong crimes. So, uh, so yeah, no, let's, let's just stamp all the ugliness out of the game as, as quickly as possible. And yeah, and it's, it's one for Ivan Tony to learn from. Um, you know, it's the wrong end of his career for him, really. Uh, he's spoiling a time when he's playing his best football and, it, and it's a shame and... and on, it's easy to feel sorry for him, but the rules have always been abundantly clear. Uh, people, I don't know, at least, you know, you'd think he'd have a bit more um, credit for having held his hands up, um, you know, so quickly, which which perhaps hasn't been taken into account as much as it might have been. Um, but, yeah, sad though it is, I, th- I think it has to be a, a strong punishment. Yeah. Jeremy, do you, do you think eight months was appropriate? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's only got himself to blame. You know, he knows he's done wrong. He's admitted it. But just broadening out the argument, though, I would, all I would say is that if, judging by the raft of charges he's been done with, he has an addiction to gambling, this guy. You know, he's not the first player to suffer that fate. He won't be the last, but nothing ever seems to get done about this. I mean, if, say, if a player had come out of the Premier and said, I'm, okay, I'm an alcoholic, which is another addiction. He wouldn't have been banned for eight months, would he? He'd have been given help. He'd been given treatment. You know. So who is now going to what? What? What structures in place in the game now to go to Ivan and say, "Mate, we need we're here to help you. We're here to help you get over this problem you clearly got." And that's you know something that tends to get ignored sometimes. Andy, I just wanted to sort of touch on you did write you know write a column alongside the news story today, didn't you? It was just. You know, it's just this this point, isn't it, that basically, I mean, the Premier League has now taken this decision to remove, you know, in the long term, to remove those, uh, you know, front of shirt um, uh, uh, gambling makers sort of, you know, advertising. What about, you know, I mean, basically, uh, I mean, you know, presumably, I mean, we, you know, there's still alcohol advertising around, isn't there? I mean, obviously, you know, cigarette, you know, advertising, no. But basically, it's, you know, it's, where do, where do you sit with that issue? 
because we're not forcing people to go and, and, and bet, are we? We're not forcing them to go. It was just your your, your column today. Go and read it if you haven't, because it's it's interesting. It's all broken, but tell me. Yeah, well, I was pointing out. I mean, I mean, and and I'm not the only one. Jeremy's already pointed out, and, and we've all, and probably has, and, and we all have that. You know, the, the the inescapable irony is the fact that, you know, your your you know a, a footballer who's being used to promote betting on football is now getting an eight month ban for betting on football. Now, just that that's an irony. It, it doesn't excuse it at all. Or, or, or yeah, but your broader issue, John, is interesting, and it's a far broader issue, isn't it? Of how much you want the nanny state. You know, how much, how how much. Listen. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, without a doubt, it's been a boom industry, enjoy having a punt on the football. They enjoy, they've always enjoyed it. The Cuba, and, and recently, football's relationship with gambling has gone from, as I pointed out this morning, it was quite a casual relationship 20 years ago. It's now full on, isn't it? I mean, again, just going back to the old talking to your mates um, scenario. How many now will say, well, I had Interscore first. I had, I'm waiting on that bet to come in. I, I'm amazed at how many people bet on football. But the, you know, betting has become intrinsic with football. Now, which has come first? I, I, you know, it, it's clearly very good marketing. When we all know companies whose chief executives and whose owners are making literally hundreds of millions of pounds of personal gain, and football is their bedrock. We know the companies. We see the adverts. The added complications, John, and which we have, uh, we, there's no getting away from that. The media, the written media, the news media, uh, the, the broadcast media, the TV, the radio. Also, now you know. I mean, I mean, advertising for gambling and for for betting on football is absolutely. You know, media is is very is very much connected with that as well. So it's a tough one. I I, I personally err towards the side of well, you know, how far do you take it in 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 Sanctioning or outlawing advertising of what products? How far do you down chain? There's no doubt that cigarettes, for example, the first to go were at the top because there's no doubt that their their link with um with people being ill, you know, is beyond dispute. Alcohol and probably second down from cigarettes. So we should think here. Those two. are we now saying that gambling is the third, and then one after that, as you say, how about fast food? Guys, yeah, thanks so much for joining. It's a, it's a fascinating one. That's why I did as I stay off commercial radio. But anyway, but there you go. Um, look, I um, thank you for joining us and um, fascinating chat across lots and lots of different issues. So we appreciate it. And uh, let's catch up again, same time, place, same place next week.